Do you know one of my big regrets, Josh, is I never saw these guys in concert. Never, always wanted to, man. This was, let's see. So we're looking at what, like 97, 98, 99 in there for kind of the, when uh, Rage had their run, maybe even early 2000s. Do, uh, do you end with this if you're Rage in those years? I think you start with it. I mean, you isn't just that open like, the show with it? Either that or uh, Grilla Radio, because all their intros are jams. Yes, I realize as a 48-year-old man talking about Rage Against the Machine and their intros being jams is the, I don't know, the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. But now that I drive a truck, I feel a little bit more manly, Josh. Let us stay so young. <laughs> Stop judging us for our age. We can, we can <laughs> say young things at times. <laughs> oh, man. What do you say we get to the uh, top five stories of the day, shall we? We've been grinding away today, uh, talking a lot about softball. If you missed any of that conversation from the coaches' luncheon, I encourage you to go back and check the podcast of Hour One. Simply search KREF, however you consume podcasts. We also talked a lot about the OU women's basketball team and its win last night. In fact, let's start there. Hour three, live from Caven's Disaster Response Group on the ref. It's time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. By the way, uh, just on like a sad note, Josh, I was um, I was scheduled to go try to sneak in a round of golf today. Keyword there would be sneak it in. I don't tell anyone. I go play my golf. Peyton Rowland gives me the captain salute. I see Alan Hager, all the great people out of the trails. Great day to do it, right? Look how nice it is outside. Things are dried up. What happened? I've got to get the girls from school. And I know some of you might say, well, that gives you a two-hour window to go play. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's looming over you the whole time. Yeah, you need to be. You've got to leave. That mind has to be in a place of zen. I've worked really, really hard on my short game, Josh. Really hard. And there's a lot of you, – you see the fake swings, right? In the, in, I'm working on it. It's got to keep that, that club where it needs to be. You've, keep been, that doing, uh, you've been doing your stretches, I see, been every do, morning. Right. Every, I get, I'm stretching out more. I realize I've got to be able to – whenever I say you're going to be smooth through this, we know what happens when you get to the top of that. You're going to go, I'm going to swing when it's a tour. I had to cancel, though. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike. We'll do it again sometime soon. I just, I want to enjoy it. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the top five stories today, except uh, it, it it's frustrating to me, but it's also opened up some things because then. It's a nice reminder I know, that life isn't always fair. Yeah, life is not fair, people, okay? Boo-hoo, buckaroo, while all of us have to go work our jobs, Plank's complaining about not getting to play golf. So why don't you just get to the top five stories of the day? Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit. 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. OU takes down number two. The Sooners hold off Kansas State 66-63. to The potential game-tying shot for Kansas State hits the side of the backboard from Serena Sundell. And you and I both felt like she was probably out of bounds anyway. Regardless, the Sooners get that win 
afterwards, Jeannie Baranchek talked about how the Sooners stepped up defensively down the stretch, played much better D down the stretch. felt like, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, we really did a nice job of playing team defense. I mean, when we had to get some stops, we did. We were able to get some stops. I think we missed a couple of rotations, and they're so good. They pick you apart when you do, and you could tell exactly when we did. Uh, but I would, I, I think that Lexi Keys has really been the central piece, and we've talked about that a lot in here. She hasn't been in here to hear us talk about that. Um, but she has been the difference maker in the defensive intensity for us. She's steady, she's consistent, and she just shows up every single day to work. And it's really impressive, and I think it's been contagious for this team. Um, but there's, but make no mistake, she's been the central reason for that. Yeah, good win, man. Good win. Uh, they've got Oklahoma State in Stillwater on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Tricky game. The Cowgirls are struggling a bit. They've lost four straight, but when you when you look at the Oklahoma State schedule and you realize, oh, man, they've lost four straight games, um, three of those losses are to really good teams, right? They lost to Texas at home. They got beat by a very good Baylor team, and then they got rolled by Iowa State last night. The only, the only game in there that doesn't make a lot of sense is their loss to Cincinnati. So Saturday, 4 o'clock, inside GIA, Oklahoma looks to stay hot. The Sooners square off against Oklahoma State, winners of five straight, as OU takes care of Kansas State. Anything more to add to last night's game? I got more Jenny Baranchek we can play at the bottom of this hour, but anything more from last night? Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, uh, the, the good teams that you're referring to that yeah. Oklahoma State lost to uh, in its last four, and also the road trip that was close. They lost to Cincinnati, but, yeah, it's, it's bedlam. Oklahoma should go in there and honestly control the thing and, and feel like, you got a chance to win relatively comfortably, but it's Bedlam, right? We know how this thing works. Tonight, there's a pretty big game on ESPN. If you uh, if you wonder what Oklahoma is up against in this league, Texas travels to Foster Pavilion to take on Baylor. That is at 7.30 tonight and is on ESPN. Baylor won the first matchup between these two teams in Austin. That should be a fun one. Four Big 12 teams are ranked in the AP Top 25, including those two. And home teams in the last 42 Big 12 games on the women's side are 35-7. and seven. That was after a nine and uh, – that was after a bit of a tough start. Uh, home teams are now overall in Big 12 play 44-20. and 20. So in the last 42, which isn't the entire season – uh, 35 and 7 for the home teams. Pretty pretty impressive stuff. All right. Um, big story number four. Number four. So, uh, recapping what was actually quite a night in college basketball. I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. I thought Purdue was done. I thought Purdue was done. I thought we were going to get upset city by Northwestern. But, like I said, I'm. I'm kind of falling a little bit for this Purdue team right now, Josh. No. I'm kind of Yeah, 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 it's happening. It's ha- sorry. I I brought up the audio and the press conference was playing. I didn't have a sounder there with someone laughing at me falling for them. Though maybe you should. Goes to Brain Smith. He'll drive. Kick it out to Lawyer. He has an open 3. Triple time! Fletcher Lawyer! Timeout Purdue. Uh, I, I Chris Collins got tossed in that game. 
And I don't think I blame them because they got a little bit. It was almost as if they realized, hey, hey, you can't have the number two team in the country losing to Northwestern again. Zach Eady, 10 of his 30 points came in overtime as Purdue wins. No good. Rebounded Mason Gillis, and that should do it. Purdue will hold on in overtime, and Chris Collins has just gotten thrown out of the game. <laughs> as the clock went to triple zeros, Chris Collins was kicked out of the game as he got right up into the face of official Courtney Green. Right now, the clock shows triple zeros. Purdue 101, Northwestern 96. All right, so... Uh, my, my man got the score wrong. Uh, it ended up being 105-96. Well, did they give him double technicals and shoot four free throws? What happened? Um, you know what? I had turned it off at that point. Let me like I got the play-by-play right here in front of my fat face. Let me look here. Um, yeah, that would be exactly what happened. So he had the right final, but then they they added four That's to right. it at the free throw line. It was. They called the technical foul with one second left. Courtney Green, what a what a bozo. <laughs> who, who throws somebody out right at the end like that? What a waste oh, is that who the official was? Yeah, uh, he, it, he, he is uh, just the worst. So uh, I, I did get this Chris Collins post game stuff for you. I'm not going to go into officiating. You know, we have great officiating. Um, I just don't know if I've ever seen uh, a box score like that. Honestly, <laughs> I've been. You know, you guys. I don't know. You guys have been doing this too. A lot of you guys have been covering. I don't know if you've ever seen a disparity like that in a Big Ten game, um, which is like Purdue. Obviously, we're fouling that much. I mean, I feel like we're aggressive, though, too. You know, I felt like, I mean, Boo Booey doesn't shoot a free throw in the game. That's it's kind of crazy. Um, but that's how the game's called. Do you so, know what the free throw discrepancy I, was? Did you yeah, look? I didn't know you were going to play that cut. But okay, I was ahead. I was going to bring this up to you. Yes. Go ahead. I'm not calling shenanigans. I'm just here to point out Purdue with, yes, Zach Eady, who gets fouled basically every trip down the floor probably, sure. right? Yeah. He, he shot 17 free throws, made eight. But as a team, Purdue shot 46 free throws compared right. to, again, not calling shenanigans, Northwestern's eight. Eight. <laughs> I don't mean to get bogged down here on big story number four, but Josh – that seems significant. <laughs> 46 free throws. You're like, well, huh, hey, hold on. Now, four of those were after that technical foul. Okay, 42. 42 to 8. And by the way, they missed 17 of them. Purdue was 29 of 46 from the free throw line. They shot 63%. So. I don't know if you'll find a discrepancy like that maybe ever, Josh, ever. Somebody uh, <laughs> in the comments did share a uh, Kansas-West Virginia game where – Oh, yeah? Yeah, the, it was like a 33 foul shot difference. Uh, okay. That def- that, well, that definitely had to be inside the fog, right? It was, uh, yes, played at Allen Fieldhouse. That's correct. Um, listen, a couple of other things from last night in college basketball. UConn wins. Kentucky got upset in double or in overtime by Florida. Um, Baylor went on the road and beat UCF. But Josh, how about your girl, Caitlin Clark? I mean, she's selling out arenas everywhere. Largest crowd ever. Who was that last night? Northwestern that they had? 
Uh, speaking of Northwestern, yeah, they uh, they were at Northwestern uh, inside Welsh Ryan Arena. Did you, by any chance, delve into like checking out some of the social media buzz and just the response around that game last night? I was I was following. I whenever at halftime of the Thunder game is whenever I was really getting caught up on all of my social media last night. I'm yeah. going to send you a tweet that okay. uh, is pretty remarkable, just in terms of the line to get in. It's uh, it's oh yeah yeah cra- yeah I saw that I saw that yes so okay so you so you did see it the the attendance figures that she has brought everywhere she goes in women's basketball is crazy thirty of thirty two games for that team this year they will have either been a sellout or have set an attendance record where uh, where they're playing and the two games that weren't were uh, out in Florida for a showcase of that mm. all right. She's something else. Number two all time now. And uh, who knows? Maybe she's uh, going to track down Pistol Pete before this year is over, too. Big story. Number three. Number three. Is she coming back to school? Do you know yet? I don't think she's going to. I th- okay. I would love if she did, uh, for obvious reasons for us, greedily. But, uh you know, I, I also think there's a chance that the name, image, likeness side could be lucrative for her returning. I sort of get the inkling that uh, maybe she's thinking about WNBA quickly. I hope I hope she comes back for one. I think it'd be great for her and great for women's college basketball, but we shall see. All right, so big story number one, just uh, spoiler alert, is kind of an update on Andrew Rame and Tyler Guyton at the Senior Bowl. So here, big story number three, we're going to spend a lot of time on some NFL news and notes because we are counting down to the Super Bowl. And yesterday, while making a, an appearance on the Pat McAfee show, uh, did you watch any of this? Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes uh, kind of bombed in the middle of the conversation, and Mahomes said, hey, Justin Tucker, he was going to beat you up. Justin Tucker was going to take you out. So uh, Travis Kelsey uh, had some fun with Pat McAfee and Patrick Mahomes on the whole Justin Tucker saga before the AFC Championship game. If you're trying to go onto the other team's designated area, you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't. Let me fix it. Hold on. This is from his podcast. I apologize. I got my story screwed up. Uh, this is from his podcast. Go ahead, Travis. You don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a f- about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your f- kicking tee <laughs> right where the quarterbacks are warming up, and they're yeah. dropping. Eyes are looking left, and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. Who is Jason Kelsey? Sound like? Who is that? There. That sounds like somebody we know. Just that that kind of gruff, and I'll help Play you out for with me that. Again, right? and it's actually kind of dangerous, really. But like, if you're like, who is that? One more time. All right, here, here you go, real, real quick. Down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But it's Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, I can hear a little bit of that. Yeah, it's Andy Reid. Um, yeah. So, and then, pardon my terrible description of that because that's from his podcast. Then Patrick Mahomes video bombed whenever he was on with with McAfee, and they had some fun with it as well. And, I mean, I'm one of those weirdos that doesn't have a problem with, like, the Taylor Swift talk. Travis Kelsey seems really happy, man. Really happy. I'm happy for him. I mean, I don't want him to win anymore outside of making you happy.
Thank you. Do you see? Do you see the? Uh, do you see the Twitter world is now a big Colin Coward fan after his take on Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. I mean, look if you're if you don't want uh, a bunch of internet trolls coming after you, you should probably be uh, positive about the relationship. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Whatever you well, want to actually, talk you know, about. that's funny that you say that because um, you were By so way, gay. Isn't it, isn't it a little freaky knowing that there are people just standing there watching? Huh? <laughs> the, they well, can't hear television. Us. Yeah, that, okay. that happens. Yeah. That happens. hoping people are watching. So you had a rule that there were some things you did not want to talk about. Yeah, that was the you thing. You, said, you told our producer, we saw. let's talk about anything. There's Except just one for, thing we don't want to talk about. So let's start there. <laughs> what do you think about Travis and Taylor? <laughs> Larry David. You you've really got a nerve. Yeah. <laughs> you've really got, you've really got a nerve. You bring it out in us. By the way, I we I, weren't going to. We I used I used the S word once before <laughs> on this show some years ago. Oh, I'm prepared to use oh, it no, again. No, 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 no. In answer to that question, <laughs> and I think you know it's I don't give. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Larry David doesn't give a you know what about the story. Prepare for a tough day on Twitter.com. Larry David. Well, he didn't. He didn't really. Uh, he didn't really take a side. He just doesn't care. Do, do people really watch that? Like, how could you get through that? I barely got through the cut. What was that? It's from the Today Show. Larry David. Well, Larry David but, did make it entertaining. I mean, what? Are as they soon as doing? he started speaking, I was like, "All right, here we go." So I, I listen to a lot of Dateline podcasts, and they always have the commercials for the Today Show podcast. And I don't know why anyone would subject themselves to listen to that. What? 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 I watch. Do you know when I watch the Today Show, Josh? Whenever Bryant Gumble and Katie Kirk were bringing you the news, not this laugh fest. <laughs> oh, here we're gonna talk about what you don't want to talk about. It's uh, a little nauseating in small doses, isn't it? It's. It might. It might actually be better if you could watch. More of the show, but when you clip that one spot, it's like, and it's oh a giggle fest. It's like, oh my goodness! Real quick, before I get back to sports, before I make anyone mad at me, Jerry Jones has said that the Cowboys are all in. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us right. in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Right. So, okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Where we'll go as far as Dak takes us. I think I'm confused by that too. Well, I think he just said Dak stinks. <laughs> I do too. Right? I mean, isn't that basically what he said? <laughs> well, I told you he'd take us as far as he takes us, and look, we didn't look go. We got us. <laughs> All right, I uh, got a hustle here. Big story number two. Number two uh, ended up being. A pretty fun second half for the Thunder. Uh, after an abysmal first quarter, OKC beat the Jokic-less Denver Nuggets last night, 105-100, to and Chet Holmgren finding his range. Giddy, a fadeaway from 15. That one's short. Ball's loose. Giddy has it. 26 seconds to play. Giddy out to Chet Holmgren. Three on the way. Got it! Oklahoma City again keeps a possession alive. 18 for Chet Holmgren. The Thunder would win it 105 to 100. 34 points, five assists, seven boards for Shea Gilgis Alexander. A good job uh, 
in the fill-in duty, by the way, by Gideon Ham- Hamilton. Oh, is that who was calling that? Yeah, I, he was great. Yeah, he he really he really did a good job. He was great. Um, was uh, what, what was is Pitto out? I, yeah, I don't know what was going on. I you know was driving home and, and listening to it. So I, I don't know what the it scenario regist- was. But oh yeah, he, he he really did a good job. <laughs> it didn't register with me. He did a great good job, Gideon. Uh, so OKC wins one hundred five one hundred. They um they get the hapless Hornets coming up tomorrow night at seven o'clock. I say that, and then they'll probably end up losing to them. But good win. You when you play against a team that's not playing one of their star players, we could argue whether or not it should be a five point game. I don't care as long as you get a win, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Josh Elmer, the story of the Senior Bowl continues to be Tyler Guyton, who is uh, climbing up draft boards. One note, I'm Senior Bowl related, there were a handful of prospects that went ahead and left the Senior Bowl. Now, these a myriad of issues. Jordan Reed's reporting this. Some could be injuries. Others could be, hey, I've proven something. Like, for instance, Roman Wilson, the wide receiver out of Michigan, is no longer at the Senior Bowl, but he had wowed people. Like, he moved into the top 100. Uh, Rasheen Ali, uh, the running back out of Marshall, may have been a little dinged up. He left the Senior Bowl uh, along with Bo Brady, the safety out of Maryland. And Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver out of Florida, another guy who left. Now, you, you can debate why they left. Some feel like they already stood on their business, if you will. Others, well, they might have got hurt. The big story number one, breaking news of the day. There is a new head coach in Washington for the Commanders. Josh Helmer, are you surprised to see Dan Quinn get the head coach's job at Washington? And then in that, yesterday, we got a new head coach in Mike McDonald of the Seattle Seahawks. Coaching carousel is spinning. What do you think? Dan Quinn seemed to be uh, a, a popular name, and for whatever reason, uh, a lot of guys get uh, extra chances in the National Football League. Absolutely. Well, when we come back, there's another another coach that's leaving that has sparked college football fans to feel some sort of way. We'll dive into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, so I got some Jason Kelsey ones here. Uh, Monster Truck Guy said Kelsey sounds like Pat McAfee, that that's who I'm thinking of. I can hear a little bit of that, yeah. Hear a little bit of that. 5808, Stone Cold and Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, the, the, this Alex Jones impersonation is one that I've been working on quite a bit. Sooner Lisa, um, what, what did Lisa say? Says that he sounds a little bit like Joe, oh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, like he's, got, one... he, he's got that like I mean I don't think Jason Kelsey's smoking but he's right. got a little bit of like that whole thing going on he's got like yeah. the, a little bit of the wheeze sooner Andy is with me says Andy Reader, Pat McAfee Matt from Morris says he's got a little Kelly Gregg I could hear that I, he does sound like Kelly Gregg he's Absolutely. got a little Kelly Gregg in him um and then there's this from the 405 Quite literally, guys, the worst non-call in the history of women's basketball happened last night. 
Oh, really? When the K-State girl steps 18 inches out of bounds in clear view of the official on the baseline, right below she throws to her teammate who missed the three. Ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was really bad. I, I don't know how you missed that. You were right. You were right. I mean. it was See, it was so bad and so horribly missed that, like, because they didn't whistle it, it, it got me to the point like, well, what was she out of bounds? Like, I, I know she was. She's like a foot out of bounds. I watched because I thought that, like, had she made it, <clears throat> had she made it, they would go back and review and see. But I guess that wouldn't have been something they could review, right? Would they have been able to see that the girl had been out of bounds when she got it to her? And I don't know. But yeah, I don't know if uh, anything reviewable would have happened on it. I mean, if they if they went to make sure that uh, it was in fact she was beyond the three point line, but then I don't think you can go further back and say, oh, well, actually she stepped out of bounds, even though she did step out of bounds very clearly. Yeah is, is there is there anything in the rule book that mentions like clear and egregious errors that they can go back and fix? I don't – that's a good question. They probably should add that. You know who knows the rule book pretty well is T-Row. Toby, if you're listening, help us out. Our coach, Jenny B, or if coach's uh, husband's listening, they, they'll know. I don't know. It's a good-looking question. But that was bad. You're right. That, I went back and I was watching that highlight. I mean, the official, it, they're right there. You're looking right at it. Now, I want to be clear. I've 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 – kind of had a little bit of a newfound uh, what's the best way to put it? understanding of how you it can appear like you're looking right at somebody and you're not like I was at the Tulsa game this year Josh OU Tulsa and there was a friend of mine that was a little bit perturbed with me because afterwards they said I was looking right at you and yelling your name and you completely ignored me and my response was I have no idea what you're talking about when first right before the game start i'm like I, you're looking right at me i'm like I, no idea I, I i don't think i was but like i'm arguing with somebody who obviously knows but i have no recollection of seeing that person because maybe i was zoned off somewhere else in the stands or in this instance maybe the referee was looking like at wh- where the ball was caught or something i don't know but how you miss that one I'll never know, dude. I've uh, paused this replay, okay? And I'm going to send you a screenshot. <laughs> it okay, is – and, and bear with this. Like, it's not it's not great because it's the video and it's from this computer and it's paused and it sort of, like, blurs it out a little bit when you do that. But it's so clearly the basketball is still in the hands and the foot is standing out of bounds on the, in between the A and the H. Like, it's not, close. it's not even close. It's not even close. And you can see the official is, like, looking right there. <laughs> what? I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Was Did he or her, I can't tell with the way this is, did they think that maybe she was still in the air? No. And that's been, a, by the way, I feel like that's been a call that officials are getting better at. Yeah, that's pretty bad, though. I mean, right? talking I, about that, that could have very well sent the game into overtime. I mean, if they would, they would have. If if they were to, they would have to go back and look and be like, oh, yeah, um, 
point whatever it would be left on the clock there. What I don't think I see the time. Like one second left, and oh, you can inbound the ball, and and that'll be it. Uh, here's a little bit more from Ginny B on the Sooners win last night, and kind of how she felt like this team can uh, can continue to. I guess the best way would be uh, improve. I don't want to say overcome, but they're they, they're good, Josh. Well, I feel like Sky shows up and she just works, and I feel like she's done a great job of working on. You know, when you're when you're kind of the sixth player, you get to come in and there's drama in the game and there's, you know, you make a big play here and there and there's some things. I feel like what she's done is she's really been a lot more steady and she and she doesn't feel, you know, I think early in the season we were like, okay, Sky, here you go. Go make a play. And I don't think we're doing that now. I think we're either putting her in a position or I think obviously she'll create and get an offensive rebound or something like that. But I think there's been so many. I mean, Lexi's hit really big shots. Lexi's been on the free throw line. Vea's been on the free throw line. Vea's hit really big shots. Peyton, you know, the one basket she made today was essential for us. Tahara Williams, big rebound. So I think she's less on an island and she's more just really throwing herself into that team. So I've seen her be more steady. I've seen her be more balanced. And I've seen her leadership just really steady us. You know, we were we asked Coach about that on was that Tuesday show? And, you know, they have a lot of lead-by-example people. You know, Maddie Williams, she'd let you know. But Taylor Robertson was kind of quiet. Ani Anusa at least seemed kind of quiet. But Maddie Williams was a – she'd let you know. Skylar Vance seems like she's developing into that a little bit, but she also doesn't feel like she needs to. And as long as they keep winning, let's go. I'm here for it. Skylar Van has had a terrific little run here. You look at the, you know, scoring from the last however many games, uh, probably five you go back for Van. And listen to this set of games for Skylar Van. 21 points versus KU and K-State. 19 Mm. at Texas. 21 Mm. at Houston. 20 at Texas Tech. That's uh, not too bad through the five-game winning streak. I agree. All right, let's get a quick break. When we come back, there is one story that didn't make the top five stories of the day. But it's probably not anything that's going to light up the phone lines. I don't think many people care about the Boston College head coaching vacancy, but there's some interesting tentacles, if you will, to it. And we'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. Hour number three, we are back. Just like we said we'd be back right here. It's The Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Hour mm. number three, presented by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Well, I would not classify this as new. Uh, this thought has sort of been out there for, what, uh, the last several years now. Really not solely in college football either, right? When you think back mm-hmm. to Jay Wright in college basketball, his retirement, Nick Saban uh, recently, and uh, now the decision, the breaking news from yesterday, Boston College coach Jeff Halfley expected to, be, to become the new defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. This uh, had people feeling some kind of way. Pete Futek uh, tweeted out, the NFL is the NFL, to which uh, Kirk Herbstreet took it upon himself to say, eh, wait a second, no. College football in its current state will be seeing more and more coaches heading to the NFL without boundaries and regulation that makes sense 
Coaches that get real opportunities in the National Football League, they're gone. This trend will continue until there's a new governing body and it creates a collective bargaining agreement with a player's entity or union that would include issues such as name image likeness, transfer portal, and eventually revenue sharing. The sport's spiraling out of control as we know. Many of these coaches are not sticking around and waiting. Just a new reality for the sport. You know what's um you know what's kind of wild about it is like I agree with Kirk Curve Street, but I also I mean to be the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator when I mean let's let's face it, you've done a nice job at Boston College, but still in four years, you're four games under five hundred. And while you might have a good roster coming back in 24. I mean, I, this is going to sound terrible, but you're still Boston College. No, no doubt. I mean, I I can't argue with it too much on just the logic of this move beyond NIL or collectives or anything because, I mean, Halfley, Steel Man is here at Cavens, ladies and gentlemen. Halfley was – wait, I'm getting Zach Hefley and Jeff Halfley. All right. Halfley was in the NFL from 2012 till about 2018 and and had a lot of success, right? He was the defensive backs coach at Tampa in 12 and 13, had the same role with the Cleveland Browns in 14 and 15, and then spent a couple of years with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, uh, granted, in, in 16, uh, 17, and 18, you know, p- part of that was him getting hired by Chip Kelly to run the show, and that didn't necessarily go so well in San Francisco. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Josh. I just, I get what Kirk Curb Street's saying, but I also think this is kind of a unique instance because being the Green Bay Packer defensive coordinator is just—it's a better job than being the head coach at Boston College. And it looks like Green Bay is on this rocket ship back up right yeah. with with the way that Jordan Love ended last season what they did in the postseason if they can figure out that defense a little bit and mm-hmm. and Jordan Love continues on that trajectory we might be talking about Halfley as an NFL head coach that's right in, in the near future so I, I tend to be like you in this instance I think Kirk Herbstreet is right in uh to a large degree right about sort of how college coaches feel in a lot of instances, but this was probably not the right soapbox to take no. with Halfley because, look, he kind of got out maybe while the getting out was good from Boston College to a great spot in Green Bay right now, it appears. I would also add, we're seeing the same thing in the college game. And, I mean, is anyone throwing a fit when Buffalo's head coach leaves to be a coordinator on Alabama's staff? Is anyone losing their mind for, like, the group of five schools that are losing when Sean Lewis left Kent State to become the offensive coordinator at Colorado? No. Why? Because they're taking better jobs. Sure. Do, do, do you have issues with how the college game is structured right now with NIL? and, and I mean, this is how wild player, I guess, availability, player purchasing maybe is a terrible way to put it, but – I heard Rick Neuheisel telling a story the other day that Washington had a guy 
that had his agent, I guess, or, or whatever the term is. I use agent, but that represented him. And this agent was in contact with Jet Fish to let him know what it was going to take to keep this guy around or to have him um, to have him be with you at Washington. And the amount of money was six figures. Well, Jed Fish knew that the guy was only making 18, not only, the college kid, had like $18,000 that he was making in, in NIL and collective deals the year before. So now you have people that are coming to you because you're in a new place, one exorbitant amounts of money whenever before you weren't even making that and you weren't nearly that big of a contributor. So it's out of control on that instance. People are overvaluing what they think they're worth. And we just, we don't have any control right now. Those, those are truths. It can also be true that when the Green Bay calls Boston College to say, we want your head coach, he's probably going to go and be their defensive coordinator, especially if he has a good relationship with LaFleur, which, you know, based on what looks to be his history, it, it, it seems like he does. Yeah. They've crossed paths in several places. I think you and I are saying the same thing. We are. Herb Street, Absolutely. Is, Herb Street generally speaking, is correct, but not in this instance with mm-hmm. Halfley, right? I mean, it's just a poor example to to make uh, to share this stance. Now, having said that, where college football is at and, you know, some of these concerns that not just head coaches but assistant coaches, all of the pieces and – puzzle parts that you're dealing with that are frustrating for college coaches. Now, I do think for Oklahoma, one thing I told you this earlier, we can feel good that we have a head coach at Oklahoma that I'm not going to sit here and, you know, grab a microphone and tell you that Brent Venables loves name image likeness or that he loves the transfer portal, but he loves college football. And he accepts that those two parts of it, those two pieces of it, that's college football today. For yep. now, for how long? We'll see, right? Does it change in the next five, ten years? Yeah, probably. To what degree, shape, or form? We'll see that as well. But you've got a head coach that loves being the head coach of Oklahoma football, and That's I don't right. think is bolting for the defensive coordinator position at Green Bay or uh, or this or that job in the NFL. I think you can feel pretty good that you've got a head coach that wants to be at OU for the long haul. And in this day and age of college football, that's a good place to be. Quick break. When we come back. Final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Services, straight to the text line. And 5808, that's very funny. He hits the text line and writes that Herbie rant, obviously followed by a pick of his dog. It's like, dang you, Kirk Herbstreit, I can't. Oh, look at his dog. Look at his dog. He's got a puppy. <laughs> it's the Plank Show at Cavens on the ref. All right, Primrose Funeral Service brings you our final thoughts. Um, it, <laughs> I was spending the commercial break not only chatting with our man Steelman, who's coming up, uh, Mike Steely and Parker Thune, coming up from noon to 2, and then 2 to 3 locked in. I was also reading Chris Vanini's tweet on the infractions against former Bama baseball coach Brad, Bro- Brad Bohannon. And, oh, boy, it's a doozy. The gambler? The gambler. The better tried to place a $100,000 bet on the Alabama LSU game. The sports book was like, we, no, no, 15000 But it's it's well worth a read if you guys get some time. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. So, so they tried to place a monster wager, and the, the book was like, no, we're not going to take that no, wager. 
what's going and then they won it and that's what kind of led to the what's going on here and boom 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 next thing you know brad brad bohannon is out as the alabama baseball coach but primrose funeral service wants to remind you that thinking about your funeral is never an easy nor is it a fun conversation but it helps take the stress off your family so call them today 405-321-6000 pre-plan your memorial service get a prepaid so when, uh, when you're called to that uh, afterlife, we got you covered here at uh, Primrose Funeral Service, 405-321-6000. All right, a couple of quick texts. You ready? The Waffler. Guys, yesterday, it was not a heel turn. I just meant it was an anomaly that Kansas State shot so poorly. I don't think they're that bad. That's all I meant. Okay, all right, that's good. Text can be misleading. Text, you're right. So... I will contemplate changing your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the waffler to the fact stater. We'll, we'll, Josh and I will debate this over the next 24 well, hours. Well, I'm already – I can tell you right now, I'm fine with changing the name. Okay. Do you? Do they want input on what their name is? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question, sir, if you would like to change it. And for those that missed my last segment, uh, I was joking about how the guy texted earlier. I was like, who would have thought we could win? Boomer! And then the next text is, I don't think I've ever seen a team play that worse. <laughs> Kansas State is terrible. It, it did still. Uh, right. I'll take your word for it, but it did sound like there was, yeah, a little bit right. of so twisted I'm emotions. So, I apologize. That's on me. 5808 writes, boy, it's really nice. Awesome to hear that the owner of my favorite NFL team has confirmed that they are all in. Yeah, that's nothing worse than you're like, wait a minute, what? What? You're not all in. You're all in. Where have you been? I really liked what uh, I really liked what Chris Broussard said yesterday, which is, you know what? The next time I want to hear from Jerry Jones is, you know, in the NFC Championship game. Don't talk there to us go. until then. If and you, then want, if you this... want to truly be all in, that's what you do. We need to stop hearing from you. There you go. Talk to me after your team is playing for a title. And then finally, Boss Hog writes: Is Josh Heupel a better head coach than an offensive coordinator? I'd say yes. He's been a really good head coach. I mean, he's done he's done a nice job everywhere he's been. That's a great point. He was not a good offensive coordinator in 2014. All right, you all have a great rest of your, what is today, Thursday? Standing by here at Cavens is Mike Steely. We'll see you live from Riverwind tomorrow on The Ref.